0: I'm Brin Bamber, and this is the Everyday Courage podcast, where you get to hear from those who show up in uncomfortable conversations, bring fierce love into their relationships, and who are not afraid to show where they have failed. They may not run into burning buildings for a living, but they are brave beyond words. And they know that there's no stopping courage when it comes from the heart. For more, check out stories and articles at brinbamber.com. Sarah Archibald cares about food she cares about hunger and she wants to be a part of creating a food system that is just for both farmers and the low income who sometimes can't access it. In university she studied international agriculture and global food security. She's worked for seed banks, she's done research, She's helped farmers get certified in local and organic agriculture, and now she works for the Meal Exchange, an organization that engages students to think about and transform their local food systems. Sarah came over to my apartment last week for dinner. We ate frittata and roasted sweet potatoes, and our conversation wove from privilege to self-care to music. We first met in 2010 when we were both students at university and now we both live in Toronto and work for nonprofit organizations where we deal with applying for grants, caring too much, and trying to get the work done without killing ourselves. Why don't we start with, so we've been talking a little bit about your work. Already, so I'm just curious. I'm just curious about my. Like, it seems like you've been in this field for a very long time. Like, it's what you studied in university, and then you've done kind of a series of jobs. Mm-hmm. So, one of my questions for you is just how. Like, did you know when you were a little kid you wanted to do food security? How did you um, choose that as a university degree at such a young age?
1: Like. Like, kind of what was your path? Totally, good question. Um, well, I grew up in Toronto. So my context, I grew up that way, young and St. Clair. So I was close to nature, the Don Valley and the ravine, but far enough away that food came from the grocery store in packages, mostly. Um, two busy parents and busy life, for sure. And I would say my connection through growing up was engagement with people. Like I loved acting and art um, and the environment. So I went to camp and I loved all elements of that. And I just, when I was in grade 10 and 11, I just kind of got really bored of the city. Like I just didn't like the things that were going on. And so I, for the first time ever in my life, Told my parents that I was unhappy with where I was. I just sort of was like, I want to change. I want to change. And luckily, someone came up to my mom and said, oh, you know, how are your kids doing? And my mom said, you know what? They're, Calvin's doing great, but Sarah's, she's struggling for the first time ever. Like, she's just not doing great. Um, and the friend was like, oh, well, that's, you know, and they got into a conversation. And they landed on that I just wasn't happy at my school and my lifestyle, and the woman said, "Oh, well, there's this great school at an BC It's a an application-based school, and actually applications are due next week. I know someone who's on the board or something." So, anyway, my mom offered me this application and said, "Go for it, try it out." And um, it was a really I didn't know at the time, but a very unique opportunity to go. And I've talked about it with you, but it was, um, it's called Lester Pearson in um, BC and it's just an amazing school. So the, the motto is letting education be a force for peace and international understanding. So they bring 200 students from 100 countries together all on full scholarship in the woods of BC and you're like super isolated ocean on one side forest on the other side and then like the refuge or escape from the forest is farmland like 10 kilometers away so um so for me the unique moment that i always talk about it when i realized that i was interested in food security and food sovereignty was in 2008 i was ending up my time there and we were working on all of these farms and I just loved the lifestyle. It was just mm. a peaceful place to be with friends, to be active and connect with nature and these really wise people and share all together. You know, it didn't matter our background or our culture, we were all able to share. And our apples in our cafeteria and our food in general is terrible. I think because mm. it was full scholarship, we got like, it was like $1. twenty-five per meal. And and I, I sort of had all these questions, but why are these two systems living in tandem? What's going on? Like there's this kind of horrible, gross system that we're not very like liking very much as students, and this beautiful opportunity here. And during all of this, the world food crisis emerged, and lots of my friends from Zimbabwe and Egypt, their families and parents were struggling with food insecurity for time and we had this abundance of food both institutional food and like, beautiful farmland and those weren't connecting and I was thinking about how the systems that I was engaging with at the school were probably perpetuating um, food insecurity on different levels and so it was a really interesting time and I just thought okay I'm a, I'm a pretty big optimist so how can I make a difference And that's where, like, learning about agriculture came from, and so I landed at McGill, by accident signed up for the agricultural campus, and that was a total mistake, which was hilarious. I was supposed to be in second year on downtown campus, and I by accident signed up for first year on McDonald campus. And my parents, like, left me behind, I was crying, I was like, what am I doing here? And it ended up being the best mistake ever, right, as most mistakes are. Um, And I, yeah, from then on have just, the thing that I love consistently about agriculture is, and food, is it just connects so many people together, so never is it the same narrative, never is it the same... Collision of factors, never, you know, I'm always learning something. As I mentioned today, that conversation about not resonating with right food, the term white settlers, like that came through my work of food. Um, though it's changed a lot, like the scales have changed and the focus has changed, and I'm actually looking at the next phase of what I want to do. Mm-hmm. It's very much still online, but it's a, a total change of scale and approach. But I would say it's this—it's the thing that motivates me because it connects me to nature, it connects me to people, and has a celebratory element to it while fighting systems that I don't want to be a part of. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah.
0: So, so it's kind of yeah. That's super interesting. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering in your work now where you're still working with food systems, working with youth, um, working with food on campuses, uh, what part of the work that you do do you love the most and which is what's most challenging Mm. part of it? Good question. The thing
1: I love about work the most besides the people because the people are amazing and that's unfortunately that's kind of a given in this work which is such a blessing but this is something my my director says and I'm very inspired by the way she thinks about things Um, but is the ideas that young people have and what we do through our work is giving them an opportunity to live Out those ideas and build those systems and ask those questions that have potentially not never been asked before and to create a space for innovation or um, growth in that way and so we're you know we can see the impact we can see the difference but I think it's like the individual aha moments, mm, um,
0: like impacting humans one by one, yeah, to make their own connections yeah. about the food system and how how all those questions that you had when you were, you know, I don't know, fourteen or, yeah, <laughs> or fifteen, totally, yeah, um, like you're giving that experience that you had to ask those questions and
1: start to be curious about it to other young people. Totally, yeah, and through it I've grown so much too, like I focused on agriculture and food and now I'm focusing on, you know, how do we hold the tension of hunger in Canada and hunger amongst students themselves, um, while trying to advocate for more sustainable just systems and, you know, learning about the many, many different systems that intersect with it, like race and um, colonialism and economic systems um, and political systems, so you know, consistently evolving. And I think it's amazing because I learn with them, I learn from them, and it's it's an opportunity. Like I sit on boards and committees with other groups, and they they care about what young people think. Like they're genuinely interested. Um, I think as the first, you know, hope, but also curiosity of what what is going through their minds. So, yeah, I would say that's what I love most. And what's most challenging, I was thinking about this on the way over. I was like, I wonder where our discussion is going to go. But I think the thing that's most challenging for me is because I am so emotionally invested in this work that I, I don't, Think it's always good for my health and well-being to be putting in the love that I have for it. Um, I think in a lot of ways it is and I have met so many people from my life who have done the same and I respect them so much and I'm so grateful for them so I feel that like sense of like oh I must you know give this mm. feedback to this student or I must attend this event or you know I must not cut anything like I can't cut what can I cut because if I cut it what's the impact of that right and I think that is the biggest challenge of you know most of my job can be admin and HR and these pieces that I'm not loving um or that I do love but you know our our time sucks so I think that is definitely the most challenging bit is is leaving at the end of the day and not feeling
0: done. Yeah, and practically, like, do you work overtime? Do you get paid for overtime?
1: Yeah, practically, I um, we do loo time at the okay. office, um, but definitely a struggle I've had recently is I have quite a bit of loo time, and I it gives me such anxiety to imagine taking time off right now. Right. Um, Especially since summer
0: is your busiest season.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I did take a full month off in January, February of the time, which was incredible. We all took like a solid month, three weeks to a month off each one of the because we're a core team of three. Wow. Um, Yeah. Very small. Very small. Um, We work in 100 communities and 40 campuses. Um, That's crazy. Yeah. so it's like so it's like a beautiful ripple effect too because yeah with the 24 students we're working with this summer they all have their reach and their their scope but it it was like okay this is a quiet time like we're just gonna click off the map yeah so a few grants won't get written and you know maybe a bill will be paid a couple days late but like this is gonna recharge us and it definitely I couldn't imagine like doing this year without that time of self learning and time but um yeah, I can see that being, like, I'm definitely looking forward to, like, that quiet time again. Um, but also have to, like, love the different rhythm. Um, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess I find in my work, like, with my organization and our goal is, like, even if I worked 24 hours a day, yeah. seven days a week, I would not. yeah. I would not be able to complete the goal. Yeah. I would not be able to reach every First Nations youth and every newcomer youth in Ontario, which is the goal. Yeah. Um, wow. So, you know, like, I guess I have found that helpful. Yeah. In some ways to say I'm never, like, it's never going to be done. Yeah. We're never going to finish it. The to-do list will never totally. end. So how can I do what I'm gonna do and put quality into it? Yeah. And I guess my other piece is I like fully burnt out. Yeah. Like I did this job for one year and then I was not I quit. Yeah. I couldn't do it. It yeah. was too much, it was too heavy, I was working. In custody, you know, like yeah, very vulnerable youth, and um, there were a lot of challenges, you know, uh, around it. Like part of it was kind of what you're talking about—so much work and loving it—and yeah. you know, and then there there were other layers of challenges for sure. Um, so I think coming back because my story is, I worked for a year, I moved to an ashram for two years, yeah. Uh, and then I came back to the same job, yeah, is that this time it's like for me, it has to be a- di- I have to do it a different way, yeah, I have to be a little bit more uh, regimented about taking my loo, you know like yeah for those, sure. those types of things because it just it it wasn't like it was like I had to take two years off. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, totally, totally. So it was like that, you know, that seems like I was winning, you know. I think.
1: Um, and how do you how do you keep that regimen? Are you saying I'm going to leave at 5 p.m.? Or are you saying I have other projects in my life, projects including family and my home that, like, fill that space? Or do you just give yourself that space,
0: if that makes sense? Yeah, I think it's a combination. Mm-hmm. Of, so if I have a project at work, Like, for example, um, we have these three summer students in Thunder Bay. I had to go to Thunder Bay and train them. Yeah. Uh, so I worked overtime. On that trip, I was only there for so many days, and I had to fly and everything.
1: Yeah.
0: And so I worked overtime. Mm Mm-hmm. Um. And it's like i i care about the work that i'm doing and i want to put quality into the work that i'm doing and if i have a project that has a deadline that results in me having to work overtime there's no way i can finish it without working overtime i work it but i just i also am like very conscious about how much overtime i'm working when can i take it like when can i just take a friday yeah because Fridays, you know,
1: <laughs> everyone's winding up.
0: Yeah, like, you know, and like I think what I'm learning with so now I only work 4 days a week is like I only work 4 days a week, but I work more efficiently. Yeah. Because I know I only have 4 days. Yeah. So that time when I would like talk chat with a coworker about like what my weekend you know, I am just more conscious of yeah. not doing that. Yeah. Um, and it's also like the long term game mm-hmm. like of saying like no we're not applying for the second scene yeah. grant. That's so
1: great.
0: Which is, you know, hard to do and it's like I wanna I wanna give and I wanna do all these projects yeah. but I also yeah, I think for me, having side projects is helpful. Yeah. Side projects that I really care about
1: yeah.
0: is helpful because, um, like, with creativity and with the writing that I do, there's no way that I can do it unless I, like, get enough sleep and not stressed. Like, with the creative, like, I can't write. Yeah. When I'm like super sleep deprived or super totally. stressed, like it doesn't work. So I have to take care of myself. Yeah, that's amazing. like I have to get that kind of base level, or else my writing falls apart, which is really important to me. Yeah. Um. So I think it's like this mm-hmm. combination of like looking long term, like what's realistic. When my boss is saying like, "Can you? Do, hey, can you do this?" To be like, I don't know. Yeah. Let me sleep on it. Yeah. Let me think about it. Hey, totally. can you travel here? Yeah, it's like okay. Like, what else is happening in March? Yeah, you know, like totally, totally. to 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 not. I'm like used to being like a yes person, yeah, like, for sure. and it's like, oh, that's interesting. That's an exciting idea. Let's do it. Yes, and I think it's about learning to be like okay. Like let's not rush in like we don't need to make the decision today yeah. with a lot of these decisions. Like yeah. we can take some time to think about them. Yeah. And let's look at Yeah. What else is happening so that the times that I have to work overtime are less. Yeah. Because for sure. it's like sure. I plan to have the right amount of work total throughout the year.
1: Yeah.
0: So yeah. Yeah. It's, but, yeah, it's a constant work in progress. Totally. Yeah. You know, like, it's not it's not that I never get stressed or I never, you yeah, know. Ah, totally. But I think, like, for me, burning out to the point that I quit was a big yes, wake-up like, call. for sure.
1: Of, like... And how did you know when you were, like, at the ashram? How did you know when you were, like, okay, it's time to go back? I'm like, was it?
0: Yeah, that was, um... That was... I, I had, I was running the community garden when I was there, and I kind of, I went to the ashram for a month, and then I stayed Mm -hmm. for three more months, and then I decided I applied to take this three-month course, and then I decided to do an internship, and then I decided, the last thing I decided was I'm going to stay for two seasons running the garden, the vegetable garden for the community, and, um, I did that it was partly like I was really interested in learning about plants and partially I was um, there was a need there wasn't yeah. anyone who was running the garden yeah. so it was like it was like a position that was open yeah and I was like wow I could learn so much yeah doing this full time and then when the second when it was kind of the spring of my second season and I was looking, I said I would stay, the, Octo- the garden closes October 31st, um, and I was kind of looking ahead and I was like, okay, October 31st, like I don't want to extend again. Yeah. And I thought I'd quit my job, I thought I would find a whole new career, yeah. I thought I would like learn about my mind, study yoga, like find my new career path. Yeah. And um. Yeah, and then I was like, okay, I need I need a job, I'm gonna leave, I've kind of depleted my funds just yeah. living at this ashram and like getting, you know, at some point paying for things and at some point getting like a small stipend but really not earning an income. Um, and so I was like, okay, I need a job and um, I decided to apply because I was like, I really like working with people, I like education, mm-hmm. uh, so what what can I do that's in that field? Mm-hmm. So it was almost just like a knowing, I didn't want to extend, like I said I would stay till a certain point, and then it was like, that's, that's enough. I don't want to yeah. extend again. I don't want to say, oh, I'm going to stay for a third season.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: yeah so okay i have another question for you um so what is a, either a mentor or an experience from your childhood mm-hmm. that affected the work that you're doing now and and or potentially your path to get there so like it could be a parent a teacher or it could be some sort of Mm -hmm. I mean, you talked about your high school experience, but, like, going back even younger than that.
1: That's a great question. So I definitely think my parents taught me amazing values. They taught me amazing values of, like, just being good people and respecting people and, like, that. But I wasn't, like, I wasn't the type of kid who was, like, I want to be exactly like my mom or I want to be exactly like my dad when I grew up. Like, I knew that there was differences between us. And I think going to camp for me was, like, that moment of, like, oh, this is where I feel like I belong, Mm. you know? Mm. Or going to a cottage, I would go into the, like, birch area and just sing to myself, I had watched Pocahontas, I was very into her, but, like, I would sing (laughs) to myself for hours, like, just sing with the trees, make up stories, and be with them for hours and hours and hours, and I would say that those were, like, some of the fundamental, like, I think I was a calm child because I had those memories and moments of, like, oh, yeah, like, the world is good, the world's a very good place, and... I enjoyed, like, the life that I had, for sure, like, going to pools and playing in parks and going mm-hmm. to school and all that. But I, but I felt like there would be 20 feet of snow in my backyard and I would just, like, be out there for hours. So I think I had, and I've talked about this a lot, like, I feel a very strong connection to Mother Earth. Mm-hmm. Um, and have, like, consistently found that. And I would say when I started getting a little bit older and saw like camp counselors for sure, I like loved them, but also people like Jane Goodall or like David Suzuki and I would see them and they loved what they did. Like, they really loved what they did and what they did made them a more loving person and mm-hmm. my parents loved what they did, but it was a bit more, it wasn't like their, their full life passion was. Mm-hmm. Literacy, or um, mm-hmm. you know, whatever what, you know, but it was yeah. I would say those were some some key things, both like connection to Great Spirit, and then just people who who seem genuinely happy with the purpose in their life.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do you? I mean, I kind of know the answer to this, but I'll ask it anyways. Do you still connect to nature? Do you still? Like, is that still one of your rejuvenating activities
1: mm-hmm. that you do? Yeah. It is. But it's funny, Bren, because I, I feel that way absolutely. But I feel a little bit, a little bit at times jaded in a way. This is, like, full disclosure of, like, I will be like, oh, this moon's so nice, but I'm I'm cold or I'm tired. Like, I've noticed when I go on camping mm-hmm. trips lately, I'm like one of the first people who, like, goes to bed, whereas I used to be able to sit up all night and stare at the moon. And I think there's a variety of factors, including, like, feeling cold sometimes or being very tired. Um, but when I'm in the right environment, um, in a warm <laughs> climate, yeah, yeah. Um, like, it was funny, I had this moment this year. Um, I was hiking by myself it was like a warm beautiful day and I was in the mountains and I was just like this is I feel everything that I want to feel right Mm -hmm. now like it was that that so it's it's funny because I would say like but I'm not one of those people who's like I can be in nature for hours and hours and hours like I do have a sense of like I do love people and I do love Mm -hmm. feeling safe and I do have these needs that I'm very in tune with and if I'm not feeling those, then I mm-hmm. know I have my creature comfort I guess, so, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and do, you, so, do you have, um, and you can say as much as you feel comfortable about this, but do you have, like, a spiritual practice or a mm. spiritual belief? Is nature a part of that? It, yeah,
1: yeah, I would say yes, but I'd like to learn more. Um, and I do feel, um, I I've actually been looking into this poster that's up in my office, but it's about, like, medicine wheel healing. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I'd like to learn more about that because I grew, up, I grew up in a Christian United Church and, like, loved the people there and loved the, like, energy and the community. Um, but when it comes to, like, what awakens me and what makes, like, drives me, is like a greater spirit
0: mm-hmm. and
1: I feel connected to people sort of inherently through that mm-hmm. so like the moral practices of Christianity or the values of Christianity I think are like pretty ingrained in me of like respect and Love honesty, and kind of honesty. Yeah, like those pieces for sure. Like I definitely like if I'm lying to someone, I will feel so guilty. Of, like, <laughs> that is like there. But I think um, like when I think about songs, I want to sing. Like they're all songs of nature and all that. Those mm-hmm. pieces. And like mm-hmm. the more and more I go to events um, and sacred spaces, like I just feel like any. I don't know any. Uh, emotional or physical tension is released in that way Mm -hmm. and so I don't practice um, any spirituality um, or observe anything in particular however I'm super curious about other Mm -hmm. folks and luckily get to work with many people of many different um, religious practices but I would say I would really love to get tap into the, the more spiritual then I do. I mean, I do practice yoga often, um, and that for me is like a time for reflection and space. But I, I see that definitely like tapping into one's own spirituality. But in terms of like following a core, anything yeah. Like that. yeah, yeah. It's funny. I
0: one at one point I was doing some searching, and this was before I went to the ashram. Yeah, and um, there were all these. Oh, I I did a little bit of church hopping. Yeah. Where I, like, went to different churches. But then there was, like, a, a free or a, like, $5 yoga class on Sunday morning. Yeah. And I was just, like, I felt so much more connected Yeah, in the yoga class than yeah. I did in the church. That I was, like, okay, like, I'm just going to go. Yeah. Like, I'm going to stop church hopping and go to the yoga class. Yeah. Because that to me feels like, even though I did like some of the singing in the churches was like really great. Also, yeah. the kind of the rest of the service to me wasn't, it didn't make me yeah. feel connected. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, I guess like I'm just going to go to the yoga studio. Totally. <laughs> and totally. That's, that's gonna be my Sunday. Yeah, things like, that I do.
1: Yeah, for me, like spirituality is all about just feeling appreciative and having gratitude for where we are, and like reflect, that moment of reflection of like, how can I be the best person or soul that I can be, and mm-hmm.
0: and being present, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, not thinking about the past or the future, like being here which like for me the body is such a great yeah it's such a great tool and it's just like I'm a kinesthetic learner I'm like a you know like that's who I am so I think for me for my spirituality to be through my body mm-hmm. makes sense cuz it's just yeah that's how I interact Like, that's how I learn best learning anything. Yeah, totally. (laughs) So, yeah. Um, Okay, I'm going to totally shift gears. Yeah. And um, so what time of the day are you most creative,
1: Mm -hmm. and
0: how does that impact your work or your life?
1: Ooh, great question. I might cheat on this one. I think it fluctuates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, It definitely fluctuates and I am an extrovert, so it depends what energy is around me for sure. I feel most peaceful in the morning. Okay, yeah. And most full of possibility in the morning. Yeah. However, right now I'm feeling quite creative, likely because of the conversation and the situation. So it really, it really depends. Um, I do integrate physical activity, structured physical activity almost every day. And it makes me feel so alive. Mm -hmm. Like it's Mm -hmm. so invigorating, whether it's like, I've gotten really into kickboxing or running or swimming you know just the sense of like whoa things are amazing so um, yeah I would say putting that energy out there um, and then in terms of like other creativity like I I tinkle on Mm -hmm. different instruments sometimes and that Mm -hmm. always happens in the evening like it does not Mm -hmm. happen any other time of day hmm, and I don't know why, but it does, it just tingles in, um, I wanted to say this earlier, but I don't know where it fits in, but I, because I'm so effective at work, like I get big projects done, and I look back on them, I'm like, oh my gosh, I did that, So I started a similar book for my life, (laughs) which is only about my life, about big projects that I care about or big Mm. passion pieces. Like you need to like do something amazing for your family. Like let's build that project and what does this look like? Mm. And and just to give myself that that I guess structure, but also creativity of like what how can I put just as much love and interest and investment in this? Like this is Mm. so amazing. So I do that in the morning of, like, what does...
0: Oh, you write in your book? Yeah. Ah.
1: Yeah. like, it's not really a journal, but it's, like, okay, what are what are some of the big things? And, like, what are the things that you're inspired by? And what are the things you want to inspire people by? And things like that, so... Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So
0: you've, so you've kind of touched on this little pieces but like maybe there's a piece that we've missed like what are your self-care mechanisms Mm -hmm. what do you do to recharge Mm -hmm. uh you talked about exercise definitely every day at Keystone Mm -hmm. um you're writing in the morning about goals or projects um What other, like, self-care or rejuvenating things do you do? Mm -hmm. Or maybe those are your big ones.
1: I love moments. Like, I love Toronto for it's being anonymous. And I love things, like, I love things like this that are, like, soul food. You know, like, just meeting up with a friend or someone new and just having a cool, Conversation with someone in Kensington Market in Spanish and just feeling <laughs> like alive, you know. Yeah. So I would say um, some of my favorite things that happen to me in the day are like the new friends I make for two minutes. Yeah, and I would say that's a huge self-care piece. Is like, yeah, insult. and you're an extrovert, so you get yeah. fed by, yeah, yeah, yeah. interaction. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I also try to value sleep as much as possible. I do find mm. that that's, like, super key to, to feeling good and nourished and all of that. And then, yeah, just trying to, to take care of my body through food as well is, like, mm-hmm. super key uh, in terms of what I, like, to spend time and energy on. Um, but often, like, that will be something that will go first sometimes, and it's the food. The, like, yeah, like the cooking good food or making yeah, good if food. Yeah, uh, that. Yeah, yeah. And it's something that's like, oh, darn, if only there more time. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, I, I definitely struggle with the triage mm-hmm. sometimes of, like, do I, you know, spend a couple hours cooking? Or do I eat out and get to see my friends? Yeah. Okay, type of decisions? Yeah. And then, yeah, one of the things I'm trying to do right now is be more conscious about those decisions and then not beat myself up about it. Yeah. Because it's very easy for me to, be, to go to, you ate out four times this week. Yeah you're a failure why don't you cook healthy food why are you wasting so much
1: money Mm. why are you not eating as healthy as you could you know like yeah and um, do you feel that during the times that you're out as well like oh i shouldn't be enjoying this as much as i am not no it's more like at night or like Mm.
0: when i'm alone yeah that it's kind of like and it can be subtle yeah like it can be like i i just like feel like I'm in a bad mood and I don't quite know why mm. and then I like kind of know like yeah. hear that like yeah. voice in the back of my head um yeah so I'm trying to be more like okay this is a choice I going to eat out four times this week because I do yeah. want to see my friends and I want to work on my writing yeah and so that is what's going to make that possible yeah rather than being like I'm not perfect. (laughs) Yeah, you know. Totally. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So okay, what is totally shifting yours again? What is the best advice someone's ever given you? How did it impact your life? It's
1: mm. a really good question. Not so much advice mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like I'm just like That's fine. Um, I, I feel this is a um, sort of something continuous through my life and how I'm so grateful to my parents for this they they asked me questions they didn't tell me things like they asked mm-hmm. me really good questions mm-hmm. um, what do you really care about what do you what do you want to see what can you imagine um, what's your idea of success you know things like that they really didn't tell me a lot which was great Um, and it it often came out through dialogue but I did this practice recently which was phenomenal Um, and it was uh, an exercise where we had to imagine our 90th birthday party Hmm. have you done this before no and we had to write down all the potential people who would be there like me like five minutes to like be like, yeah. and they could be alive or dead, or it didn't matter about their age. Yeah. Um, people we knew, or people we idled, or whatever. And then we had 30 seconds to choose four people to write a speech for us. And we did it in the area of like, work, like life's work, in the area of love, in the area of connection to great spirit, and in the area of like, day to day. Someone hmm. on us day, day. Hmm. and then we had to write. We had two hours. Once you pick those, those people in 30 seconds, we had two hours to have write speeches about ourselves. Wow. And it was amazing. It was amazing. Like, what do I want? You know, you always get that question, like, what do you want from life? But it was the first time that someone really asked me that question. i like, what do I want my legacy to be? Mm-hmm. What do I want my to remember me by my friends but also the greater world and what are my actions today how are they bringing me closer to that Mm -hmm. Uh, my greater purpose you know um and I I think that was just like some of the best advice I've gotten
0: right doing doing that exercise yeah 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 and you give it to yourself in some ways
1: oh yeah Yeah, it's so neat, and then we, you know, circled the key words that people were saying and then created sort of like a a mantra or guiding principle of like, okay, wow, what can I seen? What can I live by? What can I remember every single day? So I think that has been um, amazing and my mantra from all of that, which is really loaded and so it doesn't make much sense when you put it out there, but to myself it like really does and it's I am connected to great beauty,
0: Hmm. and
1: for Hmm. me that brings in like my just love of the world, but also and my love of people, but my uh, the inherent responsibility that comes with that, and and by being connected to great beauty, you need to contribute to great beauty, and Hmm. um, yeah. So I think that was the best like mechanism for advice. But Mm -hmm.
0: yeah,
1: yeah, I love that. I, I. I want to do that. Right? It's lovely. I want to yeah. read the book that it's from. It's from some author who like created this exercise, but it was like really amazing. I actually really want to go back to it and see yeah. what people
0: wrote. Yeah. So you, you alluded earlier to kind of your next step, mm-hmm. like still being in line with your work, but being a little bit different. What What's your vision or what's your direction?
1: Yeah, so dream situation is, I am hoping to transition out of my work over the next year and do a little bit of spending time in a different place, um, That place specifically being Ecuador where my best friend lives in the world and we just had connected over 12 years, and I've never been there, and I feel so much from her, so I'd love to just go and just be there, and she's Quechua, and lives in the own village, and just, I feel that perspective on life will bring me to where I kind of am mm. hoping to be, mm-hmm. um, in terms of connection to nature, and female power, and great spirit, and uh, mysticism, and those those pieces that I'm like very fascinated by, but I sort of let... bury in the, like, need to get things done and, like, my A-type personality. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but my hope is, um, I'm I'm looking at different, um, programs right now for gaining more scientific skills in the realm of agroecology. Okay. Um, so looking at science, scientific solutions based on, um, social and ecological communities, um to be able to advocate for them, to be able to um, prove them, in some extent, in the sort of world academic that exists now. Yeah, academic and political world. So yeah. it's kind of like the middle finger to Monsanto and DuPont with like mm-hmm. alternative um, systems that have been shown to be more productive and um, create greater equality in different regions. And that's actually like what seeded my real interest. When I got into it, I worked for a seed bank um, for six months and it really like got me going and I saw all the opportunities there but I felt like I needed more scientific background and so mm. I'm yeah, hoping to get really back on that track and gain those tools and skills um, to complement my sort of po- project management and grant management that I have now but in a much more practical way, I guess.
0: And is that Something you study in
1: university, or where do you learn about yeah, that yeah. kind of thing? Totally, yeah. So there's there's um, a couple of universities that are really well known for it, which is super exciting. And so, um, yeah, it's like all all of them are problem based learning okay. projects, which is really exciting. So things like banana um, fungi or coffee fungi affecting seventy percent of coffee crops. Potentially, yields are going to go down 70% over the next, or like 50 to 70% over the next 10 years. How do we work with communities through scientific mechanisms and their local indigenous knowledge, but also opportunities? And how do you prove that as an alternate to the government than mm-hmm. these companies that are coming in? And so there's some really neat um, programs going on, and a lot of like a lot of energy going towards it now um from international organizations and international governmental organizations so it's um that for me is like kind of where I want to be in but I'm happy to be in Canada what I love so much about my job right now is it gets me here and it gets me really learning about what's going on here um and so I want to stay connected to that
0: okay so it's yeah. kind of like a Is it a two state like is going to Ecuador kind of phase one and then while you're there starting to think about school a
1: little bit more? Yeah, I guess I'm hoping to I'm hoping to have it sort of set up before I leave. And then going and then just getting that like purpose and approach and inspiration to be able to get through what will likely be a challenging time at school but also like a beautiful time and just have that sense of purpose a little bit more Mm -hmm. is like the vision but I'm also just happy to jump into it here like I do it's again it's a privileged place to be be like oh could it be far here but um, yeah something I'm playing with for sure Mm
0: -hmm.
1: awesome so thinking about people
0: who want more everyday courage who want Courage in their relationships or in their work um, I mean I think what I see in you is really leading with your passion mm-hmm. in terms of like this is really important to me like a beautiful world is really important to me a just world, a kind world is really important to me and that um allowing you to be courageous mm. because you know what you know you know what you're it's not going skydiving for just to jump out of a plane but it's more like okay I'm gonna have this difficult conversation because I care about the organization that I work with yeah or I care about my family or
1: mm.
0: whatever it is but I'm just wondering is there anything else like that's what I've C and I here, but is there anything else like you any advice you could give or or kind of your thoughts on um people building the lives that they want
1: Mm -hmm. you know like
0: build like building a career that you want building a Mm
1: -hmm.
0: family that you want building a home that you want yeah yeah
1: Yeah. that's very um perceptive I would say the other piece that I really haven't mentioned, it's been trickled in through things, is is the community that I'm surrounded by. And so I do have a very diverse community in the sense of I have lots of folks who are from, especially like living in a place where I grew up, many different phases of myself and my life and many different moments of my past and fingerprints are reflected back to me daily, you know, seeing many different groups of friends with different values and Mm. trying to find that, like, how do I hold myself in this sphere? So always not being in the comfort zone 100%, but also what I love, I love that line at like protest that people say, "We are unstoppable. Another world is possible." <laughs> and I feel like you can say that when you're with a group of people that you feel passionate about with. So like I, I have been fortunate enough to find folks who like care about this, and especially with things like Facebook and stuff now, like you can just get inspired by someone who's like a million miles away and just be like, "Wow, I feel." connected to what you're saying like I believe in that too and so that for me is that opportunity to um, craft how you know craft my narrative or craft how I speak to folks um, and I think you know a piece that I don't feel super courageous about it is my privilege and being like okay very fortunate very fortunate what does that do for me and what does that do for others and you know crafting that and feeling uncomfortable but sometimes it's just going and listening which Mm -hmm. I find very helpful and just being there and listening and feeling uncomfortable and all of that Mm -hmm. and then sometimes it's going and, and then you know where I do feel like I can speak up or where I do feel like it's an appropriate time and place that's like have that motivation so I would say like both a community that I feel connected and supported by but also a community that challenges me in a variety of different ways Mm -hmm.
0: and asks you to step
1: up yeah yeah or ask me to step down Right, great 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 sure yeah Um, so I think that has actually been really essential for me Is that sort of infinity cycle of like feeling super 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 uncomfortable and then like going back to, like, a family that loves me and, Mm -hmm. you know, and, like, that I can just shoot the shit with and, like, not worry about Mm -hmm. saying the wrong thing and then gaining that courage, gaining that perspective and being, like, okay, I'm ready to, like, jump out of my bubble again and, you know, and they don't know that they're doing it, but just the fact that we can, like, that I feel like all, you know, things are loose and, and more and more times, the the things that I'm trying to learn or unlearn are, are being ingrained in me and it's like I change a little bit each time and but that's like my, my family and my community is like super respectful about that so mm.
0: yeah I, I really love what you're one of the things that you're highlighting is like having having your your challenges your your uncomfortable spaces but also prioritizing having, like, very safe space mm-hmm. and nurturing communities that allows you to continue the, the challenging work, whatever that is for you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. In that moment. Yeah.
0: Very cool. Okay, uh, my last question for you is what are you inspired by, right?
1: Really inspired by the reflection of the moon on the lake. <laughs> it is giving me like the greatest joy. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm feeling that I'm. I'm really inspired and motivated. I don't. I haven't mentioned this at all, so it will. By music, mm-hmm. it gives me such comfort in my life such comfort. It's one of those safe spaces of exploration and memories and all the greatest things. I really, really feel like that. Um, and right now, I'm in a really interesting place right now. Like, I am I feel like I'm actually at some, like, one of the more anxious, ten- tense places that I've been in a while, but what's really inspiring me from that is, like, is the questions people ask, mm. and the questions I'm asking, and reflecting on that, and analyzing mm. that, like, I said something today, it was so funny on the way over, and I also bike and walk a lot during work, or, like, I walk during work, get yeah. Like very often and I have these moments where I'm like, Whoa. It's almost like I zoom out a little bit, I'm like, Whoa. And today I said something that where I was like my friend and my colleague was taking time off and I was like, We've got all these students working for us, I mean with us. And I like said and I thought about that that language mm. that they use today for six hours. Like I was like, Why did I say that? Why did it what was that what was I feeling? Why like was that practice? Was I trying to combine two sentences? And I would say, like, that can often be looked at by, oh. like, like self-criticism, which in some ways it totally is. But in other ways, it's like, okay, I need to be a better person tomorrow. So how can, I, how can that lesson, and watching myself, like, motivate me to get mm-hmm. there? And that's kind of really what I'm loving right now, is like, okay, okay, maybe it wasn't the best thing, Mm -hmm. what's gonna get me to be there, what's gonna get me not to say that again, or what's gonna like help me address why that came out and like how to change things. So I would say I'm like inspired by this time where it feels like growth is possible, Mm -hmm. I guess, and um, yeah, just like if if we can all learn to be a, a little bit better. And I love, that there was a quote I heard the other day that was really inspiring. It was like, the fear within us is nothing compared to the the dignity. Mm. There's much better active, but, um, yeah but mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Is there anything that I didn't ask that you think?
1: Oh my gosh, that was, I am so intrigued as to like the, the different types That's of, like, what you were getting at. It was very cool.
0: Yeah, I guess I'm very inspired right now by podcasts and interviews. So yeah. I'm, like, listening to a lot of interviews and watching a lot of interviews. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the questions that I asked were questions that I've heard asked in one way or another. In other interviews yeah um yeah so you know just I think it was it's really interesting you mentioned a couple of times that questions are you know the best best advice you ever got as people being curious about you and asking mm. you questions and you asking yourself questions both your parents and people now and yourself um, yeah, so I think, like, questions are just, they're, like, doorways or something, you know? Yeah. Like, to lead um, somewhere where we wouldn't have yeah. got, got, they just create an opening, and even, you know, there are a couple times you said, I don't think I'm answering your question, but... <laughs> totally. Like, blah, 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 like, interesting story.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. So even if it... Even if you can't directly answer it, it opens something.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's so great.
0: Yeah. And we'll end with that. Thanks so much to Sarah Archibald for opening up about both the beautiful and challenging parts of her her, her life, and for being my first guest ever on Everyday Courage. To read more articles and stories about courage, you can find me at BrynBamber.com. And if you want to dig into courage in your own life, you can sign up for one of my online workshops. The next one is coming up this Monday, August 8th, and there are still spots open. Details can be found at BrynBamber.com slash workshops. And thank you so much to everyone for tuning in to the Everyday Courage podcast. Keep being brave and showing up.